we're here are we live are we live we're live we're live coming at you live from kelsey's couch we are both reclined and yeah relaxed. we have to know how this uh, episode sounds because if it sounds good then we are always only podcasting laying down from <laughs> now on i would definitely fall asleep if i was the listener Oh, no, I think it would just be like you telling me a bedtime story. So I would just be like really comforted by it and just be be like, like, should I talk very succinctly? Yes, you should. But yeah, so, okay, I want to tell you. So I went to Chicago on Friday for work and it was cool. I've never been to Chicago before. My flight was at 545 in the morning out of Philly. Nope. It was disgusting. And I brought my helper with me. She helps me with some of my work. Her name is also Carly. We are very similar. It's very weird that her name is also Carly and that I hired her, but whatever. Needless to say, we showed up at the airport at 4 a.m. They didn't let us in to check in until 4.30, which I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like we couldn't even get our boarding passes until 4.30. We're chilling. We're like waiting in line to get coffee. We're like taking our time. We roll up to the gate at 5.35 and the guy says, we close the door. There's nothing I can do. We fucking missed our flight. What? I missed. We missed our flight, Kelsey. We... But you got there at 4 a.m. We got there at 4 a.m. So I. And then you somehow missed your flight. Uh huh. In the next hour. Yep. <laughs> I think here's what happened. I was exhausted, number one. I didn't have any sense of urgency. You know what I mean? My brain was just not on, it was just yeah. not activated. And my boarding pass said 545. So I thought boarding at 545. I haven't fucking flown in a plane in like two years. Yeah. So I'm like, la-da-da-da-da. And the guy was like, yep. So wait, what did what were you guys doing for the past hour? Getting coffee. Like sitting somewhere <laughs> else and getting coffee. How? The how, coffee line was really long. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. So basically. I can't believe that. Yeah. So we got here. The story's not over. So we got. <laughs> um, Buckle up. I know. So we got passed for the next flight, which departed at 905 so just so you guys know the plane ticket says when it departs not when it boards okay carly me carly stupid so you were at the airport for five hours Mm -hmm. but i also didn't know this it's not just like a new ticket it's something called being on standby which means you maybe won't get on the Oh, yes. I do know about standby. We were number four and number five in the waiting list. Number one and number two were like two people with the last name of Rogers. And she kept calling them and they didn't show up. And then they let number three on, which was just a single guy. And I was like, they're absolutely losing it, like shaking. I was so stressed. My heart rate has never been higher. And we made it on because the first two people didn't show up. Thank you, and Roger. We one got and to Roger Chicago two. and it was for work, like I said. And the lady that I did the work for, I was like, I'm so sorry about this. It's so unprofessional. And she goes, Honey, I miss flights all the time. It's not a big deal. And then the other woman who was the model, we were doing a photo shoot. She's like, Me too. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so it like immediately made me feel better. Oh, well, that's good. So, wait, did you have to pay for a new flight? No, we didn't. That's awesome. I know. But yeah, it was insane. Kelsey, I've never been more stressed. 
and I blamed it on my new oath. I'm not going to let stress ruin my life. I'm just going to be. And it's like, no, this is what I need. I need to be stressed all the time so that I cannot miss a flight and be hyper aware of what I'm doing. See, that's time. your anxiety talking. But yeah. yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. So that happened just two days ago. So here I am. Well, I'm back in so glad you're here and yeah. that you didn't miss your flight back. So <clears throat> speaking of flights. This is brought to you by The Letter with Carly and Kelsey. Speaking of flights. Yeah. Do you have Speaking a, of being flighty. No, I don't know. Do you have a better transition in mind? Because we can go for it. Speaking of canceled. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Kelsey's laughing so hard, but it's completely silent. I literally just farted into the couch twice. this is brought to you by the letter if you haven't realized we're a very professional podcast so professional where we sit upright when we present yeah we started this podcast because it was in the middle of covid and we wanted to learn more stuff because we have shared the sentiment of like we don't remember a lot from high school i constantly am wanting to learn more yeah outside of just my normal everyday life and exactly there's nothing wrong with getting more knowledge. So no. we thought we'd bring you along Girls for the Girls go ride. to college to get more knowledge. Knowledge is power. Power is pizza. Pizza is... I don't remember what's that. Life. <laughs> Life. <laughs> Anyways, so this is brought to you by The Letter, where we learn about stuff and things, and we're going to teach you about stuff and things. Yes. Um, sometimes it's random. Sometimes it has to do with pop culture. Sometimes it has to do with some more pertinent topics. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's history. You know. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's science. I would just like to introduce, I'm Carly, and that lovely voice over there is Kelsey. So welcome. Welcome to the pod. Snuggle in, guys. We're all, this is a horizontal podcast today, so. And we're on um, J for, that's none of your business. I originally had posted jungle juice as one of the options, Mm. but I think jungle juice is a very American thing, and it might even be just like an East Coast really thing i don't know i was talking to someone about jungle juice the other day i don't remember why but they brought up grain alcohol and i was like Mm. what's grain alcohol but apparently it's a whole other thing that's just like a very very alcoholy alcohol (laughs) i don't know but i think they put it in jungle juice like that's that's the thing so okay wait there's this instagram i follow called beauty hacks uh-huh. And have you ever seen it? I would watch the Snapchat beauty hacks that are like really dumb. Yes. Is that what they are? Yes. This is an organization that is supposed to be a content creator, right? Mm-hmm. This is like five minute crafts. Like you've heard of five minute right. crafts, right? Yes. Yeah. So if these can exist, please tell me they are not real. Like they are spoof accounts or whatever. I think that they're real. Like I think concerning. So I work in social media and I think that there is certain social media accounts or whatever that their sole purpose is content creation. They're just churning and churning and churning out content. And it doesn't necessarily have to be good because their videos started out good if they've always been shitty they just get views and like somehow they get paid like i don't you know what i mean like they just create content for content's sake it doesn't have to be good doesn't have to be interesting doesn't have to be accurate but there you go there it is that's the that's annoying and that they post like these videos tell them (laughs) tell them kelts tell them into them but this company 
post these beauty hacks that nobody would want or do or perform nobody asked for them no and i think i've showed you a couple of them yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about but for the fans (laughs) at home check out beauty hacks on instagram is it just beauty hacks at beauty hacks it's just beauty hacks that's Mm -hmm. it yep no space nothing this company must be horrible to work for because the amount of content that they have to push out is crazy but on top of that the amount of shitty content they have Mm -hmm. to put out is crazy they post these beauty hacks that are not only not useful they're not realistic and they're unsafe Mm -hmm. so like i just showed carly this Mm -hmm. video of this quote unquote at home easy pedicure Mm -hmm. john it was disgusting it first of all this person had foot fungus and really bad really bad really bad toenail fungus yeah that fucking sucks and they should go see a doctor though yeah there's you should not be plopping acrylic on top of that yeah and being like i'm just gonna cover up my problems with acrylic with nail polish i just really hate beauty hacks it it makes me furious but i still follow them because i watch see they're getting you this is what they want because i'm like what bogus ass shit are they gonna tell me next anyhow to wrap up my feelings in conclusion it is not only unsafe and stupid but help these workers like somebody help them start a gofundme we should like those poor designers are crying at home you should comment on like one of the videos that has like a a model doing a thing save the designers blink twice if you need help yeah blink twice if you need crazy eyes if you need help you need us to rescue you Ooh. so we're getting new we're making a new website for our design studio so we all had to get headshots taken i was the first headshot to go and they were still figuring out the styling of it so it was like zoomed in (laughs) to my face like up to my chest everybody else's was taken from like crotch up so it was like we lined up like a grid of all the pictures and it's like everybody like here's my full body shot and then it's like me with my face like hello It was so bad. And then and then I had to get my pictures retaken. Getting your photo taken, unless you're like photogenic and like like getting your photo taken, it's always gonna look bad. Always. Well, so I got my photo taken twice now. Yeah. The first one zoomed into my fucking <laughs> eyeballs. The second time, I wasn't smiling correctly, apparently. So you know how when photographer like extra comments like continues to comment yeah. when you're getting your picture taken? Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Clearly, I don't look like a human. Like yeah. I'm posing as a human. I'm not doing a good job. The alien that's inhibited your body once again. The more and more you've brought that concept about, like the more and more I think so because I'm like, this guy, so he kept being like, squint your eyes really, really tight shake your face out and then open your eyes and think of your dog and say maggie and i did and i was like okay clearly i have crazy eyes like i must have at some point in my life like yeah. recently this is i know i've oh, noticed this being a thing this this is the selfie queen of 2010 talking to you as well right no here. but like she had a signature like carly, lip pout and everything carly i legit have crazy eyes <laughs> <laughs> i could it have been like the makeup you did nope that day? nope this has been but this has been an ongoing thing i'm I'm coming to this realization like <laughs> as this guy is taking my picture i'm like this is why i've been having such trouble taking my picture in the past like three or five years 
Because I've been legit giving crazy eyes. I've been compensating for something. Maybe it's like the 20 extra pounds. I'm like, if my eyes look bigger, maybe my face will look <laughs> But I look like I'm going to kill somebody. I look crazy. Did you see the new picture? I did. He didn't post a lot of them. So I'm like, there must have been a lot of crazy ones in there. Anyways, I got one or two good ones. So it's fine. It's just funny to me that I, I realize like I'm coming to this point where I'm like, wow. Something uh, that I'm doing with my eyes is clearly signaling that I'm kind of a psychopath <laughs> and like I really need or like it had nothing to do with like your arms aren't in the right place, which mm-hmm. was also a problem because I forgot how to stand like a human. But on top <laughs> of that, me. no, it's true. He's like, all right, how would you naturally lean on this? And I'm like, I don't think You're anybody like, wants I to don't see it. I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> is this a what is this flat surface? A desk? <laughs> He's like, oh, like, I just don't. I'm like, no, oh, no. no, I never pose on shit. Like, I just don't know how to be a human anymore. Yeah, it seems like it. It's, co- it's co- <laughs> I'm coming unraveled. I love that. That's really so, funny. So crazy eyes. That's my new thing, apparently. And I really am sad about it. <laughs> Embrace it, it, though. Hey, make it you. <sighs> so today you're going to learn about jousting. Ooh. Brought to you by the letter J. Ooh, 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 ooh. I recently watched A Knight's Tale, which is just such a good movie. I've never seen it. It is so good. It's Heath Ledger as a knight. Oh, my gosh. It's like early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Just yeah. a delight of a film. Right. And it's hey. about jousting. So I it's know a little. It's just purely about jousting? The jousting is the theme that revolves around the story, basically. It's like but. a Rocky-esque story in jousting. Oh, kind no, of, actually, right. yeah. <laughs> he's like boxing, but he's like... No, actually, kind of. There's a whole training montage. It's absolutely amazing. It's so good. All right, I'm going to have to if watch it. If you need like a feel-good movie, it's just it's just delightful. A Knight's oh, Tale. I definitely need a good feel-good it's movie. classic. And the thing that's really cool is this soundtrack is like they play, We will, we will rock you. Like, like... <laughs> But it's like rock songs mixed in with these like medieval people. It's genius. It's great. It's so good. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I love when they mix time periods. Yeah. It's it's so good. And then when they go to like the ball, same thing happens. They start with like the do, 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 like traditional dance. And then all of a sudden it like changes to like a (laughs) jazz or like rock song in there. Okay. Tell me about jousting. I know a little bit about it literally from this movie, but that's it. Get out your mutton. Yep. Braid your hair. Wrap those braids around your head like a crown. Yep. We're going to the Renaissance Fair. Hey. Hey. All right. Get so your mead on and your turkey leg. I was actually really excited to do this because I wasn't ever into like medieval stuff, mm-hmm. but I was into Lord of the Rings when I was younger. Yes. Let's go over jousting. Yay. So jousting is a hastelude definition inception. Wiki wiki. <laughs> A hastelude is a warlike game. The word comes from the Latin hasteludium, which literally means lance game. Oh. Yeah. Jousting is a medieval warlike game between two horse riders wielding lances with blunted tips, often as part of a tournament. So the lance is the big spear thing. Yes. Yes. This is in the movie. But anyway. Oh, okay. Well, keep telling. Maybe other people who haven't seen Knight's Tale. Like myself. So the primary aim is to replicate like a clash of a heavy cavalry. Yeah. 
in battle kind of thing. So you want to strike your opponent while riding towards him at a high speed and unhorse him. Mm-hmm. That's like the general rule. Um, other versions include like bl- breaking the lance on the opponent's shield or the jousting armor. The crazy part is like the amount of force that oh my god the people yeah. experience is three times their body weight in G forces. Yeah, when the lance hits the armor, I'm sure. Which, that's the equivalent of three times the speed of a body falling towards the earth. Owie. Super owie. Splat. <laughs> Ow. Ew. Because yeah. also, like, horses are insanely powerful creatures, you know? So it's like horsepower. That's, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. You got the horsepower. Thank you. The thing about jousting, extremely unsafe, obviously, most of the tournaments they would have, so this was often part of a tournament, I think I said that already, but most of the tournaments were very loosely constructed, barely regulated, if at all. Yeah. And I mean, it's the medieval times, for goodness sakes. I mean, for goodness sakes. And the whole point of it was either for to train knights or just for the amusement of the nobles. Mm-hmm. The most basic requirement was to get an invitation from the host of the event, and usually the rider that would be jousting had to be of noble lineage. Yep. Obviously. Okay, um, this is the last time we'll say, but there's just like so many points that you're hitting <laughs> that are also in the movie. But This is also this, a nice Tale promo. Yeah, this is the last time I'll mention it. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> is, do you want me to give it away? I don't know. Okay, so the so he pledges character. His name's William. He's not a knight, but... Oh. He gets into the tournament, but that's the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So So they don't want to find him out. Exactly. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So the long runway where jousts would take place, called a list, there was no requirements to that either, obviously, for length, breadth, what type of ground it is. height, texture. Girth. Girth. (laughs) There was no requirements. So... Rather than the hosting noble, like, picking the best area for, like, the jousters to fight on. Did they pick the most entertaining? They picked the place that was most suitable for the viewers. Oh, okay. So, yes. <laughs> I thought that they were, like... Oh, like, in a cavern or <laughs> yeah, something? No. like, over a boiling pit that would, of lava. I think, this, I think that would add way too much insult to insult already, because <laughs> it's just bad. Like, yeah. not good. Anyways... So jousting rules obviously varied from place to place and country to country. They had very few rules, though. Some were, like, super heavily regulated, but most weren't. Others, like, only permitted blows, like, directly to a shield to unseat, so you couldn't, like, hit them in the armor. So there's a bunch of different rules. Most jousts ended when one knight was unseated, and others would continue on the ground in sword combat. What? Yeah, which I didn't know about. So it w- and so if they got to the sword combat thing, it was until one knight yielded or was killed. Holy Which shit. is like that's intense, girl, man. No, thank you. So he could also yield if he was even if he wasn't unseated, if he was injured or the horse was injured, or and he would have to like ride down the runway. I like to call it a runway because I like to of them doing <laughs> Work catwalk. It. <laughs> yeah, it's called a list. They would ride down the list with their lance lower to demonstrate defeat. Some 
Knights could also be disqualified in these tournaments based on if, like, the crowd booed them. Aww. <laughs> like, you were just unpopular. Aww, like, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, if you had unchivalrous behavior, Ooh. you could be disqualified. So, like, if you stru- struck an opponent's horse. I like that, though. Well, we get into chivalry. I'll ex- oh, I love it. I have some thoughts on that. Chivalry. Too. I mean, I always got thoughts on it. You, you know, Kelsey, get off that soapbox. <laughs> no, I live on the soapbox. <laughs> I can't. So the format and the way the jousting was used was changed over time. So it started in the high Middle Ages, which for your reference was 1000 to 1250 AD. Got so, it. I can completely envision that so time frame. So you could frame. just envision, put yourself in that time period. <laughs> I can completely do that <laughs> with no problem at all. Yeah. No problem. So at this point, though, the armor was evolved from like a male, like a chain mail yes. that was way more agile to a plate armor. So right. solid armor. In this early period, though, it was more of a martial meeting or like a duel. Gotcha. So sometimes in the further later times, it was more of a sport. This time it was specifically like when you're like walking backwards 12 paces and then you oh, shoot the guy. Oh, shit. This yeah. was like those kind of things. So intense. So, we don't have duels anymore, really, which no. is, I think, good. I'm glad. I, I would argue it's also good. Yeah. <laughs> Just a personal opinion, but, you know. But, it, yeah, it was weird to me that it's like not limited to the use of just lances the yeah. long pointy sticks yeah <laughs> combats would begin riding at one another with a lance but again it might continue with a short range weapon after the distance was closed or after one or both parties had been unhorsed that is like super scary to me i hate that um <laughs> me too so these tournaments were considered in the high medieval period were considered much less gentlemanly and way more rough rival parties would fight in groups with the aim of incapacitating the other people for the sake of gaining their horses, arms, or ransoms. Oh, so this was shit. like, I think, how you would do like a mini battle situation. Huh. There were people who would guard bridges. <laughs> <laughs> there would be these people who would just like man a bridge and they're like, you have to fight us in order to pass. Huh. And they would like steal their horses if they lost, which all of them did. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Like, what's going on? Into the late Middle Ages, this became more of a specialized sport, so it was a lot less rough, a lot chiller. Still not chill, but more chill. So this was when the development of courtly ideals of chivalry uh-huh. became part of culture, and the joust became way more regulated. Knights began observing certain rules of warfare, so they would never attack an unarmed opponent, for instance. Yeah. In addition, adoring a particular lady was seen as a means of achieving self-improvement. But yep. they did also, it's to note that this didn't have to necessarily be that person's wife. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You could have a wife and... I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what you mean. All right. That shit ha- has always happened and it will you're always like, happen. You're like, it goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so the idea of acting in the name of a lady, like, made a knight braver and better it's so silly to me central to one aspect of chivalry is quote-unquote courtly love which in its ideal form is a non-sexual love it's more of like an an acting or like a Hmm. it's more of like a performance i would say interesting it's not necessarily sincere so one way to do this would be a knight might wear his lady's colors in battle 
he might glorify her in words or be inspired by her. But the problem is, like, the lady would always have to remain pure and out of reach, obviously. Yeah. And since the concept went against, like, basic human nature, uh, it provided awesome drama for poets and storytellers, which is like, hell yeah. So, like, for instance, in King Arthur... Sir Lancelot and Queen Guinevere go from a courtly love to a physical love. Spicy. And basically the whole system collapses and Camelot crumbles. Because Because they had sex. I don't know if they had sex. I don't know if they had sex, but oh. they kissed, maybe. I don't know. They I probably didn't read had sex. They just said physical love. Research can only go so deep, you You're know? right. I know, the, I know the feeling. All right. <laughs> so, of course, like, chivalry brought on this, like, idealized attitude about women, but it did little for their actual position in life. Women's perceived value was still tied to the value of the lands that she brought into the marriage oh, yeah. we we've been we knew this from bloody mary <sighs> but anyways again chivalry brought rise to a new form of literature the romance characteristics Ooh. of a medieval romance include stories are, that are full of adventure they convey a sense of the supernatural they give a glamorous portrayal of castle life huh. and chivalric ideas of bravery honor courtesy fairness to enemies and Fairness enemies and I'm going to use air quotes with this respect for women. Yes. Because maybe we could just get equal wages. Anybody think about that? <laughs> equal Kelsey. pay. Nobody. Nobody. Kelsey. People in the back. Anyone? Anyone? Around 1300 centuries of prosperity and growth in Europe had come to a halt. There were a bunch of famines and plague, <gasps> including the Great Famine the and bubonic, the Black Death. The bubonic plague. The Black Death. The Black Death. It reduced the population to around half of yep. what it was before. It's crazy. So, yeah. Cr- Last podcast it, on the left is currently doing a, a series on the, the Black Death. Uh-huh. It's mm. Very interesting and disgusting. Yeah. I don't even. I believe it's the single most death of people. Like, it's the, the thing. It's the Black Plague. Yeah. Right. Along with the depopulation, there was a ton of civil unrest and endemic warfare. Wow. This sounds so familiar. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> so there were and there were peasant uprisings this is also the time of the hundred years war so like shit was not good obviously catholic church kind of fell apart for a little bit you know there was just all this stuff going on yeah it was not a good time to be a person but of course during all crises come some good things it was a time of great progress in the arts and scientists the invention of printing happened, which facilitated... Gutenberg, Johannes. <laughs> hey, bae. Mwah. So Love you. The, in, the invention of printing facilitated the dissemination of Johann. information and the printed yeah. word. So it was easier to share knowledge. Yay. Which is what our podcast is all about, sharing knowledge. Hell yeah. So I just want to give you a little background about what's going on. But back to jousting in the late Middle Ages. Record scratch. So you may be wondering how we got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so the reason I wanted to bring it up was because I thought it was oddly similar to some things going on in our lives right now. But also, it's interesting that this like bunch of onset tragedy, but also growth of culture brought upon more civil ideals in jousting. Whoa. Yes. Good job. 
that's just what I found interesting. Way to make that connection. Yeah. So it was now a non-lethal sport. So you didn't have to die, which was great. You also didn't necessarily have to pin down your opponent either, who was expected to honorably yield to the dominant fighter. Combat was divided into three rounds usually. Again, you could use various weapons still for some reason. (laughs) Battle axes, swords, daggers, and lances, obviously remaining one of them. Eventually, it went up to... Can I just... I'm so sorry. Can I just interject really quick? Yeah. So I know that all these people are wearing armor and shit, but okay, how does a battle axe, sword, or specifically a dagger, you can still cut the shit out of somebody. I know. You can still like, get right in there, knife hand them. Yeah, I don't know. In those I think little it was, areas where in between where the armor is like, ee, ee, like little, just yeah. go right in there. I think it was more like if you were fighting in full armor and you just did like taps, like they're, it's oh. more so what, you know, fencing is now where it's Oh, not. huh. I mean, I don't know that for sure. That is speculation 100%. But they basically didn't want to kill each other, yeah. which is like really cool. Yeah. Like, I love when we don't kill each other, you know? It's, like, really cool. It's really nice. Yeah. (laughs) So, like I said, it was usually three rounds, but it could sometimes get up to as high as, like, 10 or 12. Oh. Yeah. Overtime. Double overtime. Yes. So, beforehand, it was just horses running at each other with people with sticks running at each other. We get into the Renaissance era. Which is the 14th, Renaissance. Yes. The 14th century to the 17th century. So it used to be two dudes on horses running at each other just straight on. Or multiple dudes. Whatever. You know. Whatever your mind can fathom, it was possible. Got it. Yep. So then they finally added the cloth barrier, which was to separate the contestants. Finally, it became a wooden barrier known as a tilt barrier. And the purpose of the tilt barrier was to obviously prevent collisions and to keep combatants at the optimal angle for breaking the lance. Again, it went from trying to literally kill your enemy to like being able to break your lance on their body or their shield. So it just became tamer and tamer. Still entertaining. Still entertaining. We love to see people just run into each other. That's why we have football. Yeah, for real. During this time, new armor had to be created because... There were different styles starting to come out of it. You know, they were all wearing plate armor now. And fashion, it's important. Yes. So um, this they is- had their copy of uh, Medieval Vogue that they yes. could reference for yes. what was the hottest armor. Baroque Vogue. In the late 15th and 16th century, specialized jousting armor was produced to make sure that the combatants were safe, but also it could be a little bit more heavy because the knights weren't in combat they were just sitting right. on the horses right and the literal job was to protect themselves usual in combat armor would weigh around 55 pounds or 25 kilograms to literally everybody else but the united states mm-hmm. for some reference for some people this is about how much like firefighting equipment weighs like when oh. kyle and i would volunteer at the fire company this is, we would wear about 45 pounds of and gear. was it heavy it was it felt like you were moving in sludge oh yeah or you just were like why am i wearing weighted a weighted blanket while i'm trying to do things yeah it's kind of like that gotcha but a lot of the weight came from the like air tank so it gotcha. wasn't that bad but anyways the Weight of the armor that was used in jousting was about 110 pounds. What? And, or 50 kilograms. 
Oh, shit. So heavy. That's so, so heavy. heavy. I mean, good That's thing. That's a whole other person strapped to you, basically. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and from this, there were two different types of sportive forms of jousting that developed from this, which, again, created the different types of, like, either heavier armor, lighter armor. The kind of jousting that you did, like, determined your type of armor. Exactly. Stretching was one of the kinds of jousting you had to wear extremely heavy armor and it completely inhibited your movement as the rider of the horse you had an extremely heavy helmet and the aim of this form of jousting was to remove the crest that was on top of your opponent's helmet um, with your lance huh yeah so you would get like a full lance to the head (laughs) no thank you it hurts yeah it hurts yeah how many people had brain injuries oh my god so many especially because your head's just joggling around in that little (laughs) metal bowl oh my god brain bucket the second type of jousting was called renin jousting Mm -hmm. this was lighter contact and the goal was to hit the opponent's shield the shield was attached to your armor which is interesting and then there was like a mechanism of springs that would detach itself upon contact. Interesting. Yeah, I was like I didn't know jousting was that mechanically technical <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. But finally, jousting kind of declined as a sport when King Henry II of France died. Give you a little background on Henry. He was an avid hunter and participated in jousts and tournaments a lot. On June 30th of 1559, a tournament was held at the Place de Vouges. Nice. To celebrate the peace of Le Cateau Cambrésis with his longtime enemies, the Habsburgs of Austria, and to celebrate the marriage of his daughter, Elizabeth of Valois, to King Philip II of Spain. That's a lot of information. Basically, it was a marriage Got and it. some celebrations. And Got it. He was like, all right, we're going to do it. During the jousting match, King Henry was wearing the colors of his mistress, Scandalous. Diane de Poitiers, and he was wounded in the eye by a fragment of splintered lance. Nope. Massive splinter in the eye. Oh, no. Despite the efforts of the royal surgeon, the king's eye and brain were damaged and untreated, and it led to his death by sepsis two weeks later. Oh, no. Yeah, not good. So ouch ouchies yes so in the early 17th century the joust was replaced by an equine highlight called horse ballet which were known as carousels oh so the modern day carousel emerged from early jousting traditions in europe neat yeah knights would gallop in a circle tossing balls from one to another and the activity required great skill and horsemanship neat yeah so that's i thought it was really interesting that the carousel came from like jousting essentially i bet there was like music that went along with it too because like a carousel always has that music you know it was we will rock you we will we (laughs) oh that would be so cool if a carousel played we will i know new business venture question mark yes (laughs) We'll just start investing in rocking carousels. So in addition to carousels, a form of jousting still did exist where a horseman would ride at full gallop to get their lance through some small metal rings or attempt to strike a stationary object. Neat. Believe it or not, jousting still exists today. At the Uh, Renaissance fairs. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> After many years, jousting as a competitive sport came back into fashion due to the rising popularity of Renaissance fairs. Yep. I wonder, are Renaissance fairs places in other countries? Please let us know. I'd love to know. Yeah, that would be great. Modern day joust tournaments occur in the United States, Canada, and across Europe. So there you go. There, I'm an idiot. <laughs> night against night jousting tournaments are still held by the Society for Creative Anachronism. Huh. Yeah, in America. And did you know that the state of Maryland has proclaimed ring jousting as their state sport? Wow, that's fascinating. Good for you, Maryland. Good for you, Maryland. In modern day jousting, obviously we don't try to unseat anybody anymore because they would literally get hurt and die probably. It's still to break your lance on their body or shield. There are different ways to score it. You get different amounts of points if the lance tip is shattered or broken off as a single piece. And then you also get points if the lance tip makes contact with the opponent but doesn't break. Got it. So that is a little bit of information about jousting. Jousting. Great job. Brought to you by the letter J. J. Great job. I love it. Well, apparently you can learn all this from Knight's Tale. So instead of listening well, to this episode, go watch no, Knight's Tale. No, but here's Tale. the thing. You can't learn it. You just accept that this is what's happening in the movie. But you just affirmed to me that it's a historically accurate movie. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Great. I was hoping there would be more like rules to it, but it was just as simple as like we run at each other yep. with spears and the technical stuff evolved. But overall, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Kelsey. Thanks, Carl. So let us know if you've seen A Knight's Tale. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Give us your ratings of Knight's Tale. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you guys want to give, like, suggestions, like, we love suggestions. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what the rules of jousting were. So, like, I looked up jousting. But, like, if you guys want to know anything about anything, we love suggestions. Yeah. The less decisions we have to make, the better. Next up is K, and I am doing K. Uh, so just put that in your brain and remember it. And then when Thursday rolls around, bada bing, bada boom. Maybe, maybe she'll talk about it. Maybe also, I'll talk about it. if you have one for the future episodes or even for the next round, we're totally open to that too because we Yay. can we can plan ahead. Yes, we do that. Yeah, we totally plan. Thank you guys for listening so much. It's really cool to do this with my bestie Kelsey. Aww, I'm having a good time. Yes. So, so we love you. Keep listening so we can keep doing it. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> if you like really, oh, yeah, care, give, give us a little a rating and review. If you like what we do, you should rate, review, and subscribe because that helps us get out to more people yeah. and keep doing what we're doing. Yes, thank you. So, and those of you everybody. that have Thanks. already done that, we appreciate it. Yes, Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. We love thank you. you. Bye. Bye.